I'm Matt Bellany, founding partner of Puck News, and I'm covering the inside conversation about money and power in Hollywood. With my new show, The Town, I'm going to take you inside Hollywood with exclusive insight on what people in show business are actually talking about. Multiple times a week, I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know, journalists, insiders, all of whom can break down the hottest topics in entertainment to tell you what's really going on. Listen now. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer. Spotify original. Yeah. I didn't expect much of a fuss or, and maybe because I haven't been on social media a lot today um, and, and, and how people are reacting to the trade. Uh, but I wasn't expecting much of a fuss. You know, Khalil Mack is crazy because like hope is free, but sometimes you got to pay for it. If that makes any sense. Like everybody can have hope. Sometimes you got to pay for some hope too. And when Khalil Mack arrived and that Sunday night game against Green Bay happened and you couldn't tell me that Lawrence Taylor wasn't a Chicago Bear. Uh, like I have followed Khalil Mack's career for, um, you know, since I saw him play Ohio State at the University of Buffalo uh, and he was the best fucking player on the field. That's when I was like, yo, this is different. And I was in Georgia. Uh, doing sports radio on 92.9 The Game, uh, the night show. 
uh, from six to ten. You know, shout out to uh, all all the all the old folks who used to be down with that movement. But I, I was talking about him to a college football like haven, like Georgia is college football, the South is college football, and I was like, yo, this dude in Buffalo. You know, I'm still watching Big Ten football because I'm where I'm at in, in life, trying to figure out my new lot in life. And I said, I watched Ohio State game. And the best fucking player on the field was the defensive lineman at, for the Buffalo Bulls. And, you know, as the draft process continued, as the season went along, kept mentioning him. And as you saw him, like, climbing up some of those charts, and you're like, oh, this guy might be a top 10 pick. I'm like, no, 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 this guy should be two, three, or four. Like, it's, it's, it's that serious. Like, the first, it was like the first time I saw Miles Garrett at Texas A&M. I was like, oh, no, no, freshmen shouldn't look like that. That's different. And Khalil Mack, the moment he put on a Bears uniform, like, there are very few players I've celebrated as much as I celebrated Khalil Mack. And there's also very few players that I felt as uh, much of a departure from as a fan. Like, Khalil Mack didn't seem like he was of the city. And I don't want to be the, one of those dudes who, you know, needs you to, uh, you know, go to Cubs games and go to Sox games and go to Bulls games. Because he was at all the games, right? I used to run into him all the time uh, at Tau. Or at places, you know, he'd kick it every once in a while. So we'd be out in the same spots every once in a while. But it never seemed like Khalil Mack, and this isn't a knock on him, but it just never seemed like he was of the Bears. So as this thing kind of came to a head in the last couple of years, he's been injured. And when he wasn't injured, he was getting doubled and triple teamed. And sometimes he would break through for big plays, but it wasn't as frequent as it was the first time we saw him play, you know. He is a Hall of Famer, undoubtedly. Um, a, a dude who is going to thrive, I think, with Joey Bosa on the other side, right? But he was the other side guy before. He was the guy that you were going to get eat, eat off of because he was on the other side, right? Like, they're going to send all that to his side. So I'm Robert Quinn or whoever. I'm going I'm to get busy. The secondary person is getting the, the, the glory yeah. because all the blocking is going to his side. 100%. Definitely. 100%. You know, it's like... um. Uh, when, when, when Jason Taylor was doing his thing and Adewale Agunlia was on the other side and then Adewale Agunlia became a bear and one of the, one of the really, really um, more interesting acts, I'd love to actually sit down and talk to Adewale because he's now teaching uh, players about uh, financial literacy and, and how to take care of your money and he's a prince himself, you know what I mean? So he's, he's, um, he, he's a very distinguished and, and interesting cat, but when when guys are getting money on the other side of you, that's when you really realize your value. And now I think he's going to be that guy with Joey Bosa. Like, Joey Bosa's, you know, outstanding. So the Chargers, oh, and oh, by the way, Russell Wilson, you, you just moved into your conference, uh, into your, I should say, your new division and new conference, and somebody just added somebody to go hunt your ass, and that's Khalil Mack. Like, I think Khalil will be fine. I think he'll be fine in L.A. I think he's going to have a good time being a Charger. Uh, and, and Bears fans out here, like they only got a second round pick and a future six in 2023. Hey, man, I don't know what Vaughn Miller went for. And maybe you could look that up for me, Jess. But Vaughn Miller, if I'm not mistaken, went for like a second and a fourth or something like that. Like, and, and, and Vaughn Miller, um, one is now a Super Bowl champion. Uh, before that, Super Bowl MVP, um, a consistent 10, 11, 12 sack uh, a year guy. And, and a guy who was the dude who made the other guy on the other side, uh, uh, you know, a, a better player as well. So they understand you know, Shaq Barrett, you know, Bradley Chubb, guys like that who were in Denver eating off the other side 
uh, of Vaughn Miller. So when you get pass rushers who get up in age and who are consistently uh, hurt over a, a two-year span and you got a new coach and a new defense and a new everything, um, this is the only time to kind of clean house. And, of course, you need bodies. They need picks. So I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Um, I've seen this before, right? Remember as a kid when Brian Cox signed with the Chicago Bears, and it was it was it was a debacle. I mean, the Bears were terrible. Brian's time here wasn't good. Um, Brian, being the outspoken dude and uh, bombastic cat, uh, had his run-ins with media here. I enjoyed it as a kid because he was always interesting, right? But you know that dude went from defensive player of the year candidate to being just another guy on the football team here in Chicago. And you know at that time the Bears weren't being run or coached as well as maybe some would like. So you just threw the baby out with the bathwater. Julius Peppers, you know, Pernell McPhee. Like this happens. You know this happens in every NFL city. Uh, the problem is here in this city. Uh, we are aligned and and characterized by great defenses so much that when you do get a great defender, it feels like, ah, something is coming back. But guess what? A lot of us haven't experienced that something. So now you're just going off of what you think it should be. Yeah, the monsters in the midway. I can't, like, there's never been a loss that felt more like a win than that Sunday night against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers when Matt Nagy comes out there and shows you some offensive wrinkles that you hadn't seen before. Khalil Mack just dominates the football game from start to finish and they lose. Right. But they lose a close game on national TV where most of those games had been just sheer uh, disappointment and embarrassment. So it felt like, oh, shit, hope is free. But we paid for some hope in, in this sense as well. And you gave up draft picks, you gave up draft picks, uh, you gave up high draft picks. Right. The, the Raiders, you know, you can go back and say who won the trade, the Bears or the Raiders. Well, guess what? The Raiders are, are sitting right now without the architect of it's that a push. trade. Yeah, and, nothing and, really and, cemented on either side. Yeah, and and the Bears had their one off season that was really really good, and after that there was nothing but despair and losses. So, um, so Von Miller, real quick, was traded for a second round pick and a third round pick this yeah, year. Yeah, and and Vaughn hasn't had the injury issues that Khalil has had over the last couple of years, and his productivity has been a little bit different. Now, when healthy, Khalil is. I mean, what he plays seven games this year, I think, and has six sacks. I mean. That's, that's productive, but it wasn't the smash boom plays, right? It wasn't the, oh, shit, that just changed the game as frequently. We used to see that when Khalil first dropped down in Chicago. It, he, we saw that every week. It was once a week where he was like taking the ball from someone, intercepting a ball, strip sacking somebody. Like he was doing things that you knew okay, this is what an edge rusher in the NFL, a dominant edge rusher, not a guy who you talk up, because we talk up a lot of dudes where it's like, oh, this guy had nine sacks. He might be really, really outstanding someday. No, Khalil Mack was out here like, I'm trying to win the defensive player of the year with my play every single year. And we saw that and I got excited about it. I got amped about it. He had the cool celebration where he's the, you know, the silencer. And it was, it was just dope. It was, it was good to feel that vibe and know you had a bona fide star again after the Erlacher and Briggs era. Now, fast forward, Robert Quinn, how much money are you going to, to have to shell out to him? Uh, who's next in the, in the 
you know, in the ranks. Travis Gibson, like what, what's what, what's the what's the next step? Are are we going to see some of these Colts guys like Quan Muhammad, who I had a chance to interview uh, at the Super Bowl? Are we going to see some of those dudes become Bears, the Anthony Walkers of the world, become Bears so that Matt Eberflus's defensive language can be spoken and translated to the people that are already on this team? Like this is what this is what a rebuild or a restructure feels like, and. When, you, when you've got $28 million in cap space, I believe it is, and all these players that you have to re-sign, sometimes you got to do some things. Now, there's a lot of dead cap money. If I'm not mistaken, $24 million uh, of dead cap space uh, with the Cleo Mac deal. So you're going to have to eat that, and it's going to be a tough pill to swallow. But if you're moving forward because you're clearing space for whoever is next in the ranks and you get a second-round pick on top of it, so now you've got two second-round picks in, in a draft that a lot of people think is, he- is heavy in what you need, whether it be offensive lineman or wide receiver, like you may have just drafted your next tackle or you may have just acquired your next wide receiver to go next to Darnell Mooney. And, you know, like, like, like our guy Kevin Fishbane said, anybody from that Luke Getzey system with the Packers, they might want to come over here so they can speak that offensive language. Like, you're starting to set things up now. And I, if this is Ryan Poles' first move, it's a huge move, right? It's a big move. But all in all, this is what you have to do to push something forward. If, if Cleo Mack wasn't in the plans from the moment they hired Matt Eberflus, I'm glad that they got it done. I'm glad that they went out there and did what they had to do. Now, of course, would you like a second round pick and a fourth round pick instead of a second and a sixth? Yeah, yeah, of course you would. But I would assume that Ryan Poles was taking calls from everybody and this is the best deal he could find. Now, if there are reports to service that say something else uh, to the contrary, then fine. But, you know, this is the end of like a short era of Bears football. Um, when Khalil Mack was acquired and you had, you had Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman, uh, and Eddie Jackson was still making plays back there. I mean, this, this defense felt a lot different and now it's time to turn the page on it. A defense that really didn't I mean that one year is <laughs> that, that first year that, that first Matt Nagy coach of the year year was the year that all bears fans will point to as like, okay, that's what it felt like. And that's what it was supposed to look like. But after that, we saw this Bears defense give up a lot of points. We saw the offense not score enough points. So it wasn't like one side of the football was holding its weight and the other side of the football was just letting it down all the time. No, there were, there were holes throughout this thing. And Khalil Mack's inactivity due to injury uh, was one of those. So I'm not mad at it. Um, he and, and this is, again, no shade to Khalil Mack. He always seemed like a mercenary. And when you get mercenaries, you hope that the job is completed, that the mission is executed. And the mission was not completed. This team did not uh, get to the Super Bowl nor win the Super Bowl. Uh, and that's what happens when you are trying to uh, that's what the hope, I should say, when you are trying to uh, trade for star players like this, that, you know, you're going to have to give up draft capital and end up paying a whole bunch of dough to. So the Khalil Mack situation. Um, it sucks that this team wasn't more <sighs> productive, that, that, that the, you didn't yield more um, positive vibes, you know, you, more fruitful rewards in terms of games won and, and championship games visited. But got a chance to see one of the best players in the NFL uh, wear the Bears colors for a few years and be as productive as he could be, as his body would l- allow him to be. Now you go forward and I'm sure that he's going to be on some kind of snap count in L.A. And of course, the the pressure is a little bit less out there because of the stars that are already on that team and Justin Herbert and, and of course, Joey Bosa and Derwin James and all those dudes. So, yeah, man, 
the Mac era is coming gone and they did not win a lot while he was here. He was hurt at the end and that's just how football goes sometimes. So Bears fans, nestle up to whoever this second round and sixth round pick will be and we'll figure this thing out from here. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. Have you watched uh, any of the Bel Air show? No, I'm intrigued by it, but I've heard it's like, it's kind of, not necessarily a hard watch, but it's it's tough to separate, like, well, you know, the Fresh Prince that, and that. The issues that we're having is, I think they did a terrific job of casting. I just feel like um, there's a lot of overacting, and there's also, it feels like they're trying to describe the show to people who um, either didn't watch it or need, like, um to be led along, you know, like this oh, cultural yeah. reference here and, and, um, this saying here and, you know, and it's just like, it's, it, there's a, a certain level. Yeah. There's a certain level of corniness that I could deal with. And like, it <laughs> always like tips the scale. Right. Yeah. I think they like, like Carlton is a detestable hateable motherfucker in this <laughs> show. And so that means the dude's doing a great job. Like, I want to beat the shit out of this dude you know every what? time he's on the screen. You know what? If you that feeling in a character, yeah. you know they're it's doing like Joffrey. Good. It's like Joffrey from Game of Thrones, right? Or like the most hateable characters you'll ever see, like um, the wife from Ozark or, you know, like shit, the wife from Breaking Bad. I mean, like, they, oh, like yeah, if, you, if you don't, yeah, if you don't like somebody um, and they, every time they're on the camera, like on the screen, you, you feel that urge. That's I've watched three episodes of this show now, and every time he's on the the screen, I want to punch the <laughs> shit out of him. But you I know, he's doing he's doing yeah, he's doing a good job. I yeah, I, I'm gonna stay with it. But and that's the thing, like the 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 kid who plays Fresh Prince, uh, who plays Will Smith, I think is he's a good looking kid. Like the mannerisms, you can tell he definitely studied uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, like he studied the show, and like there'll be certain shit that he'll do. That just was Will Smith because it's just who he is. And you're like, oh, I could t-. and it's, it doesn't seem forced from him. Uh, but then there are moments where you, the writing seems forced. And, you know, instead of instead of letting people glean what they want from some of the characters and some of the scenes, it feels like the scene is always telling you like what you should feel. Or uh, like Yeah. So Yeah, that's and, a tough thing to navigate to if you're trying yeah, to like pin yeah, it like yeah. that. And keep all this in here because I, I, I think people need to know how we feel about Bel Air, to be honest with you. And and I think we should keep that. No, I keep that in there because I'm trying to I'm trying my hardest to like watch television shows these days and like siphon myself away from the sports. Um, but 
It's Shows tough. are easier. I've tri- like I used to watch a lot of movies, and like it's just at one point I just stopped. Like I have a bunch of movies that I have that I haven't watched. See, I haven't watched are- movies that much as as of late. And my lady likes to watch movies, but I, I, you know, I'd rather watch like a half an hour or hour show. Maybe it's because I got you know ADHD or whatever the case may be, but. Um, no, because yeah. it's less intimidating. It's like, you know, all right, let me let me eat and watch something real quick and then I'll go back to doing whatever I got to do. Right. Like, who has three hours to sit and watch the Batman? I mean, I did on <laughs> Sunday, but, you know, still, it's not every day you got that right. much time to, like, sit yeah. and watch a movie, you know? Especially, I like, I want to sit and watch the movie. I don't want it, like, as background noise. Right. I could dig it. I could dig it. Uh, but, yeah, check out Bel Air and let me know how you feel. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> you mentioned in this right here on my There it is. They're phone. listening. They're always listening. <laughs> They're always listening. <laughs> They're always listening. Um, what else we got? Oh, so baseball's back, right? How about yes. that? Huh? The Good owners. Choice. Yeah, the Some owners way found a way. Yeah, I see you. I see yes, you. The sir. owners found a way to to jerk the players as little as possible, you know, and make it feel as, as good as it possibly can. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the fact that the Apple deal came out and the owner's like, oh, shit, let's hurry up and get to this table because we got a bunch of deals that they don't know about and they're going to start asking questions. The Apple deal, like, the, the, Apple was like, hey, by the way, we got this awesome thing that we're doing with baseball. And baseball's like, hey, shut the fuck up, y'all. We we supposed to be locked out. We supposed to, <laughs> we ain't got no money right now. It's, it's kind of like, um, you know what it is? When, when, when you go to the club and you see the motherfucker that owe you money, you know, you're like, hey, man, how the fuck are you in the club spending any kind of money? You owe me this money. Like, you go over there and pour his shit out. Like, you pour the bottle out. You pour the, you Everyone pour the, has cause... that friend, too. Everyone yes. has oh, that friend. Yeah. Now, fuck a friend. Hey, if you doing that, <laughs> we ain't friends. I think that's what Quaintances baseball is. is probably a better word. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what baseball is going through. Is was, you know, at the club thinking that nobody was there. The players wouldn't show up and shit. And all of a sudden, Apple let the players in the club. <laughs> Apple was like, hey, man, we about to just flood baseball with all this cash because we're now helping them disseminate their product. And baseball is like, hey, man, I told you I got a woman. Why the fuck would you invite these people to the club right now? <laughs> all these phones are out. You know what I'm saying? Like, baseball is Tristan yeah. Thompson. <laughs> you feel me? Like, like, like baseball like baseball sitting there on the phone with, with like Amazon and like Hulu and all these other and Netflix like, hey, don't say shit shit, all right? I wasn't in the club. You didn't see me. We hung out. It's like every time you drop your boy off from doing some foul shit, right? <laughs> you drop your man off like, all right, bro, it's between me and you, right? All right, cool. <laughs> see you next Saturday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's, I, I know that's not how it broke down. I know that's not what Tony Clark and Rob Manfred and the owners went through, but it's just the timing of it was hilarious to me. That Apple deal gets announced or leaked, as they call it, and then all of a sudden it's like, ah, let's get back to the bargaining table. That that was baseball telling um, the players that hey man we can go to, we can go to church or you know we can <laughs> we can figure this thing out yeah couples counseling we can yeah you're right you're right come let's get to the table and hammer this deal out because it's what's best for the sport meanwhile all these other platforms are waiting to give billions of dollars to these owners and they're like aha you didn't sign up for this did you <laughs> that measly CBA we'll see you guys in five years when you're bitching about all this other money that that, that is going to flood our coffers but um, for me you know outside of the jokes. You know, baseball has um, baseball's done its best to keep people like me at bay. And I'm not even talking about just black people or, you know, 
younger people because I'm not young anymore. And my, you know, I'm I'm 41 years old, right? So I'm right there in the demographic of buying season tickets and taking my little guy who's five years old. Like I want to have all these memories that you know, fathers have with their sons concerning and and involving the game. But baseball over the years for me has done just a good enough a, a good enough job to keep people away from it. And this was just another instance. Now, will people come back? You know, there's a whole bunch of numbers out there that after the strike, uh, was it 94, 95? After that strike, you didn't get the numbers back to where they were supposed to be attendance-wise for like 15, 16 years. Pre-strike numbers and then getting back to pre-strike numbers. And maybe it was because of that. Maybe it was because of other things, steroids and all the other stuff, PEDs. But the the gatekeepers of the game, the people who talk about the game, the fans of the game, um, they've been fighting the best fight they possibly can for baseball, but in turn, sometimes turning people off. And whether it be people talking about the, the clock issue, like, there being no clock <laughs> and games taking forever or money ball is being used as like a pejorative these days. Whereas before it was some kind of super secret, fantastic formula that uh, only the smartest of baseball executives were, were uh, deploying, you know, the Billy beans of the world. And then, you know, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer bring it here, uh, their own version of it, I should say, and bring it here. And the, the Cubs win a world series. Baseball has told you how smart it is has forced its um, its religion of uh, do it like this on a lot of players and a lot of fans. And I think after a while, baseball will understand that you just got to find your zone. Y- your zone isn't uh, Mookie Betts having to be sold off because you can't afford him, right? Like the second best player, arguably, in all of baseball, a team couldn't afford which is the Boston Red Sox, you know, pretty, pretty powerful, pretty rich franchise. And he becomes a Dodger because of it. Like the issues that baseball has uh, are, are evident, whether it be the manipulation of arbitration eligible players, uh, whether it be the international draft, whether it be the designated hitter uh, being uniform, which it'll now be uh, the schedule, 162 games. Is it enough? Is it, is it too much? Um, you know, the the randomness of the postseason where you can get on a little bit of a hot streak and all of a sudden the Atlanta Braves are your World Series champions. Like, all those things. And also, uh, from a, a, a civic perspective, you know, baseball is a, a fiercely local sport. Fiercely local. And basketball and football don't have that issue. So for baseball to sit back and think that, yeah, we're not going to, cause any harm to the game, do any damage to the game. A couple of weeks, you know, have been postponed. Now you got a full 162 game slate that'll start uh, April 17th, if I'm not mistaken. Baseball fans will be happy to get back to baseball. Baseball players will be happy to get back to baseball. But the people that I believe baseball is trying to, I guess, get some goodwill with, you're missing. And I'm those people, right? Like, I'm the person that baseball has told, ah, this is a thinking man's game and you may not be a part of this thinking man's game. Or on top of it, I'm a Chicago White Sox fan. So I'm sitting here like, all right, Sox need starting pitching. Sox need this. Sox need that. 
Well, now you're going to have yourself a fast and furious NBA style kind of free agency period. Like for whatever reason, baseball has tried to to make sure it didn't turn into football, make sure it didn't turn into basketball. And in, in doing that, it didn't turn into football. It didn't turn into basketball. It's a beautiful game to watch. The people who I appreciate that are lifelong baseball fans, my guy, Clinton Yates, right? Uh, my, my man, Matt Spiegel here locally, our guy, Chris Tannehill, you, Jesse, like I know a lot of really, 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 really huge into it type baseball people. And I get my experience and my joy from them. But when it comes to me, there is, um, there's sometimes like a, a forced feeling that comes with the game and they don't engender any goodwill with people like me when you see what they're quibbling over and how owners are, are treating this thing. You know, um, I, I couldn't imagine, I could not imagine talking about a competitive balance tax without asking, all right, so where's the salary floor? Like, why aren't teams forced to spend enough or spend as much as they possibly can to make this thing uh, competitive? Like, you actually had players coming out saying, you know what, we ain't about tanking. And these are the first players that we've heard say that. Of course, football players are going to say that because every every play, your life is damn near on the line, whether it be your, your livelihood or your actual physical well-being. In basketball, I mean... Tanking has become a thing, so much so that now they've changed the draft lottery rules. Um, you know, we're going to have these play-in tournaments and mid-season tournaments probably coming up here in the near future. Like, they're trying to constantly change their game. And in an ever-flowing and ever-changing dynamic and community that we're in in our sporting society, baseball has tried its hardest to not be the other sports. And in turn, it hasn't become the other sports. And even in the labor disputes, Baseball labor dispute didn't really seem like national news. Every once in a while, you'd hear somebody pop on and talk about it on the national talk shows, or you'd, you'd hear the, 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 the podcasters of note mention it, but it wasn't top of mind. Before, you know, in the 90s, when this was going on, that shit was on every news channel, every outlet. Oh no, America's pastime is killing itself. Oh no, America's pastime won't be here. The rhythm of your summer, if you were a baseball fan, was being impeded on. Now, with COVID and with the amount of death that we have been surrounded by, the moment the weather breaks in some of these cold weather Midwest or Eastern cities and states, yeah, we outside. We outside until we can't be outside anymore, whether it be taking walks, doing stuff. And yeah, if baseball happens to be being played, then cool. We'd be outside at your game. But if not, we'll find something else to do. And what's happening is a lot of these kids are finding something else to do, whether it be YouTube, Netflix, Disney Plus, you know, Nintendo Switches. I'm just naming everything my shorty like. Right. But yeah, I, I want to sign my kid up for T-ball. You know, shout out to the Jackie Robinson West people. But. I can't really even have the baseball conversation with my kid right now because I don't know who's on the Chicago White Sox. I don't know who's on the Chicago Cubs just as yet. Like, we're going to have this crazy free agency period. And um, just living and growing with the game. Like, some people get tired of things after a while. You can remove certain things. We're in the industry where I can't remove baseball, right? No matter how hard people want to try, baseball is here. It's just, it's becoming for more than I think the game would like to admit to a niche sport. I, I'm a big fan of boxing, but boxing after a while was beating up itself. No pun intended. Boxing was killing itself. And, you know, the later these fights started, 
the less I can really, one, um, be interested in, two, the second or third or fourth generations of boxing fans that you would hope to come after you when they go watch the fights, right? Uh, just like with baseball. I mean, having um, you know these nighttime playoff games where f- fans of teams of a certain age can't stay up to see a whole game. Like, little things, little tweaks like that. And I know primetime television dictates uh, how owners and TV rights and all those things move. It's just, I, I think baseball, one, has shown you what happens when this country uh, has something ingrained in its DNA and can't let go of it? And I'm not saying you should be letting go of baseball, but the only reason baseball is still surviving is because fans love the game because it would become boxing. It would become some of these other sports where it's like, hey, man, you a, you a fan of this? Oh, cool. I am too. Let's talk about it. Instead of it being like, oh, shit, you don't know who Mike Trout is? Like Mike Trout can walk down the street and a lot of people wouldn't know who the hell he is. A lot of people. And it's not just because he's a normal sized human being, even though he's, you know, he's in great shape, right? But it's not like we're talking about like LeBron James, where it's like, all right, a six foot nine black man is walking down the street and he's wearing four championship rings and, you know, he's he's got a wave cap on. That's gotta be LeBron James, right? Like Mike Trout can walk down any street in Philadelphia or any street in Chicago, and I promise you, um, only three, maybe two out of the ten people gonna know that's Mike Trout. And they're gonna be big baseball fans. And their significant other is going to be like, why are you fawning over an, a grown man like this? Right? But if Steph Curry walks down the street, you know him, right? He's 6'2", right? 6'3", right? So he's, oh, there's a tall dude? Oh, that's Steph Curry. Like, the, the anonymity that baseball still moves in, I think, should be uncomfortable for the owners. Because unless you've got a, a, a new battalion, a new brigade, a new swarm, a new generation of, of baseball talent that is getting ready to be out here, not just on social media, but doing the things and, and behaving the way that athletes behave these days, whether wherever way you want to take that, good, bad, or indifferent. I, I think this game is holding on by a thread of the love of the fans, right? The love of the fans is still pushing this thing, but the owners and as we see, because this thing was voted in, what, 26 to 4? These guys wanted to get back to playing, right? They wanted to get back to playing, but there's still some issues. And anytime there's a lockout, it's just about when you're tired of being broke as a, as a union. When you're tired of not getting checks. Like, when do you get tired of it? When do you get tired of not doing the thing that you love? Okay, you're tired now? We'll let you back in. But baseball still got some things that it has to examine going forward. Um, I, I was a fan of the sport as a kid. Uh, as I grew older, um, getting beat down with, you know, the insecurities of the game, to be honest with you, kind of took a toll on me. So I watch the game, but I don't discuss it as much as I used to. I, and, and that's the other thing, too. The discussion of baseball doesn't happen the way it used to. Right. I used to watch baseball tonight as a kid. Right. I, I love the stuff that they do on MLB Network, you know, the morning show. I, I love that stuff. Right. But you, I don't run into a lot of baseball conversations and maybe it's the algorithms and the social media climate or the people that are on my timeline and, and who I'm following. But I just, I think baseball has to be very, very careful. I'm glad they struck a deal. I'm glad there's a new CBA. Uh, I'm glad that uh, kids uh, of all ages will be able to enjoy this summer at, at a ballpark near you. I just, I just hope for baseball's sake that it understands that this, you know, this ain't just, this ain't the end. This is just a precursor to the next five years of this never happening again, because it can't happen. Because at some point, 
the fan base is going to dwindle so much so that you haven't um, you haven't cultivated any new ones or enough new ones, I should say. And there's a lot of things vying for the attention of these kids out here. And I just hope that baseball understands it before you've got kids who should have and would have played baseball doing other things. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. It's the full go, Dude, I'm sitting here watching this Brooklyn-Philadelphia game, and it's just, you know, we're getting to the fourth quarter now as we're taping this, and I, I got to say, I fucking love it. I love every second of this. I love the fact that Ben Simmons was urged to sit on the bench and take whatever shit he was going to get from the crowd. I love the fact that uh, Joel Embiid and Kevin yes. Durant going at it face to face. And then on top of it, I love the fact that the Brooklyn Nets are just beating the fuck out of the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> because all it's going to do is, for me as a Bulls fan and, and a person who watches basketball in a certain way, you know, you always like to see... Um, like for me, fandom has always kind of been preparing yourself for the letdown by knowing exactly what your team's weaknesses are. You know, okay. there's yeah. very few times that you can go on these dynastic runs where you got teams like the Bulls or like the Heat or like the San Antonio Spurs or the Celtics or the Lakers where you're going to get your turn. More times than not, you're not getting your turn. So you're finding out what it takes in that given year or in that given generation, depending on who the best player is. And to watch to watch Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving be the people that they've been throughout their careers, especially in big games, and then to watch Joel Embiid and James Harden kind of be who they've been throughout their careers in big games. And it's you know, small sample size, obviously a one regular season game. But man, you know, basketball tells the truth more times than not. And that's why series are won by the best team. And it may not be, you know, the best player, may not be the best coach, but the best team. And watching what Doc Rivers is being um, handed in terms of, and, and Waz tweeted about it, and I was thinking of it, and I'm like, God damn it, that's why me and that brother is on the same page more times than not. Doc's doubling at the middle of the floor. Uh, he's He's out here, you know, playing a drop defense against Kyrie Irving. You can't do that against average point guards in the NBA. Um, and James Harden. James Harden, you know, it, it, it speaks to when you know the moment's big, whether you're playing up to it or putting too much pressure on yourself or just not putting enough into it, whatever the case may be. But it speaks to more times than not when that moment is happening and you, um, you, know, you aren't your best self. 
then maybe this is what yourself is. And I love James Harden's game. I've, I've, you know, I never really understood the the malice, you know, that that people had for him and his game. And yeah, you know, the herky jerky style and you know, conning people into calling free throws. I mean, he 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 gamed the game, right? He tricked the game. He found the next level of the game. You know, the the third level of basketball inception, and then all of a sudden, he was getting to the free throw line 10, 12 times a game. But now, in this third act of his career, um, one. He, he doesn't have the, the sustained burst that he used to have. He's still strong as an ox, still is a terrific ball handler, still is a guy who can get hot and knock down a bunch of jump shots for you. And still, I think, is, if not top two, you know, top three, uh, he's not far from it in terms of p- pick and roll um, initiators and pick and roll um, lead guards. He's 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 a maestro out there. But to watch him do what he did against the Bulls, and to watch Joel Embiid do what they did against the Bulls, and then to see what's happening here in a different matchup, right? It's like styles make fights. This is a different fight. This is a different style that they're going up against. And then on top of it, you got knockout punchers and Kevin Durant and and Kyrie Irving. And think that Ben Simmons is on the court soon for them. Hopefully, um, yeah. I, I was I was going with Brooklyn to start this season. Uh, and, and, and that was when Harden was on the team. Now that Ben Simmons is on the team and the offensive roles are more reliant on those two guys and Kyrie and Kevin, which I think they like it as, um, people better be careful. This, this Brooklyn thing might be all right. Now, I know it's one game and I'm locked up. I'm prisoner of the moment here, but it's shit. They got something. And on top of it, like I said, guys being who they are, right? Like Bulls fans are looking at DeMar, looking at Zach, looking at Kobe and Vooch and all these. You got a bunch of guys who, one, you don't know what they are in these moments. Only two guys as Bulls fans that you can really, really think about in that realm is Vooch and DeMar. I mean, Alex Caruso, obviously uh champion and a, and a real, real pivotal role player in, in championship experience. But DeMar and Vooch are the two guys. And DeMar has bumped his head on that playoff ceiling a few times with Toronto. And with Orlando, Vooch was always on that team where it's like, all right, he's the best player on a team that's barely making it to the playoffs. So there, were high, there weren't high enough expectations. Uh, but now going into this thing, you know, this <laughs> Bulls trying to keep their ass out the playing game right now. And, and of course, they beat the Pistons, but that even was a little tougher than I expected it to be, even though the Pistons have been playing some really good basketball as of late. Um, they had to get 28 points out of DeMar DeRozan in the second half to beat the Pistons. So just watching this game, and, and right now as we're taping, it's 105-72. to 72. Brooklyn is still opening up a can of whoop-ass on, on, on the Philadelphia 76ers. I love that this is happening. I love it. I, I think this is the shit Philly fans deserve. Right. After all the chiding and all the ridiculousness with Ben Simmons, like they made this about Ben Simmons instead of making it about, all right, let's figure out who's the best in the East here. Right. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami, Philadelphia feels like it's going to be some kind of round robin. Next thing you know, Jason Tatum's out here scoring 70 fucking points a night. So so everybody's throwing their hat in the ring and the Bulls are trying to get it back together. Alex Caruso has started, you know, taking some physical contact. Pat Williams has got some limited contact. Uh, of course, Zach Levine turned it up another notch in, in the Detroit Pistons game where he had, I believe, 17 in the first half and and played some really, really good defense in that game down the stretch. Like, these are the things where teams are figuring out not only who they are, but how 
they stack up against the other squads that are out there trying to chase this championship, especially in the Eastern Conference. So, man, uh, basketball, it, it usually tells the truth. And tonight it is telling the truth when it comes to these Brooklyn Nets. And I love seeing it because I'm not, I'm a fan of James Harden. I'm a fan of Joel Embiid. I'm a fan of uh, Kyrie's. I'm a fan of Kevin Durant. I'm a big fan of Ben Simmons. But to, to watch it play out in this way, um, I'm looking forward to if this thing matches up in some kind of playoff scenario because you can, you can feel however you want to feel about Kyrie and the vaccination, and y'all know my feelings on that. Um, and Joel, I mean, people know you know how I felt about Joel from, from Jump Street. I never thought that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons would ever win a championship together because I was too fearful that neither guy would take off their cool long enough to be a leader. And now that we've seen them split ways and one is on an MVP course in terms of this season, even though I think Jokic is going to win that thing, um, Joel Embiid now is is getting his first glance at what his playoff feature may look like when it comes to James Harden and some of the times that he hasn't shown up in the James Hardenist of ways. <laughs> so, yeah, basketball is uh, is still taking care of us, you know, and, and I appreciate it. So Bulls fans. It's a glimpse. It's a glimpse. This is this is what it looks like when you are getting ready for a championship run uh, instead of trying to figure out who you are. The Full Goal with Jason Golf. All right, that's all the time we have for episode 75 of the Full Goal Podcast with Jason Golf, brought to you by The Ringer. And of course, Spotify is the game. We will talk to you guys next Sunday or this Sunday because I'm an idiot because we do this pod every Sunday. So we'll talk to y'all on Sunday uh, after the Bulls of faced off against those mighty Cleveland Cavaliers. No Jared Allen, so we'll see how the Bulls will navigate that defense. And of course, Evan Mobley, who is the odds-on leader to be the rookie of the year. It's always going to be fun watching that dude match up against the Bulls. So we'll be talking about that game. And anything else that you got on your mind, of course, you can always hit us up on the Full Go voicemail line at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. We want to thank our producers, as always, the active. Jesse Lopez, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Srudy, my main man, Chris Tannehill. As always, we appreciate you. We appreciate everything that you guys do for this pod, whether you're sharing it, whether you're downloading it, whether you're subscribing to it, rating and reviewing it, doing all the things that you do. We truly appreciate you. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff, and this has been The Full Go with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer. Of course, Spotify is the gang. We leave you with this. As always, take care of each other. Please be safe. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.